You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Start a global hospitality brand? Be next to do it in Montgomery County, Maryland. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how our top talent, diversity, and location will help you be the next company to change the world. From the dawn of man, indigenous people from every corner of the globe have spoken of things that have now been discounted as myth or legend. Things they saw, lived alongside by, were looked upon as deities or worshipped by gods. Things that present-day man refer to as entities, spirits, demons, cryptid creatures, extraterrestrials and much more. But sadly, modern man, science and society has discounted what our ancestors spoke of as legend and myths. But there are those of us that know what the ancient ones spoke of is the truth. Those of us who are obsessed with finding out the truth. This search for answers brings us into the world of the unknown and unexplained. It brings us on the trail in search of living legends. Please join us tonight in another part of our journey to find these answers and bring the truth out into the light. Welcome and thank you for listening. Welcome, everybody, to episode four of On the Trail in Search of Living Legends, episode four. We have the great honor tonight of being joined by British researcher Deborah Crosley Hatswell. How are you, Debbie? Do you prefer Deborah or Debbie? I don't mind. You just call me whatever you like. I really don't mind. I'm very well, thank you. I'm very honored to be here. Well, we're very honored to have you. Um, uh, I'm Jeremiah. Um, I'm, we have JR with us, who's my co- one of my co-hosts, and also Sean. Um, right. We all came up through the ranks in the, with Underworld Jedding, and we kind of branched out onto our own, um, just to have our own little venture. So uh, we're very, yeah. very excited to have you. Very excited. Oh, that's, that's cool. But I mean, obviously, I do know of his work. Um, I've been around a really long time, me, since probably 1982. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. On, yeah, online for about 18 years, but before that, um, I researched over CB radio, long wave radio, anywhere I could find witnesses to these strange kind of things that I saw when I was younger. Yes, ma'am. That's, that's how, uh, that's kind of how we all started to, you know, an experience always sets off an obsession. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah. But thank you very much. We're very honored to have you. Um, 
Now, uh, did you want to go on by, um, I figured we'd start, just uh, give a quick bio on yourself to all the listeners out there. I know everyone's very excited for this, uh, this interview. Yeah, that's fine. Um, when I was, I live in a small town in England, and we would go into that much more, I would imagine, later. Um, never heard of Bigfoot, never heard of Sasquatch, Cryptids, anything like that. And I saw something really strange. It was completely impossible. Right. So I was only 15 then, so there wasn't a whole lot I could do about it. As I got older, I started looking for anything that would match in, say, newspaper articles, um, in the libraries, anywhere I could think of it, I might find somebody else that had seen similar. And I was very lucky in it, and eventually over time I did do that. And a number of years later, I realised that if we popped these site reports onto a map, mm -hmm. we may be able to have a look at any possible routes or clusters right. of farming. Okay. Some, some people give it the name geological profiling. It's basically... If you pin onto a map, eventually, over time, you should see patterns of migration farming or seasonal patterns or something like that. So that yeah. was originally what I did. And then I Great. realized that all of these witnesses were out there, but they all thought that they were on their own. Yes, very similar to what we run into here. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I just decided the UK is quite small, and they throw that at us as a, as a kind of a, a con rather than a pro. But it mm -hmm. does mean that we are able to, if a report comes in now, all these years later, because we have this free membership scheme where people join, we put the name on a private map so we know that we have a researcher in that area. As a report yeah. comes in, we can get somebody out to that area. It's a report of a print or a creature that's been seen. We can talk to the witness in the area. They can give us a science comparison. Everything that you would expect from an American or a Canadian Yep. I tried to set up here in the UK by with lots and lots of other volunteers. It's not just me. Right. I, I'm disabled, so I'm stuck at home. I, okay. used to be, I used to feel research years and years ago, so I've been able to pass that information on to people and for them to get out and boots on the ground. And I read... Ooh. No idea what that is. Me neither. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but what you were just describing, Debbie, is actually very similar how we run the Jebney Research Group and yeah. how we run our new groups. We, you know, with the, the databases, we have reps in yeah. each part of the country. Um, like you said, if there's sightings or uh, whatever, people can contact us and we get someone there yeah. at ASAP. <laughs> you and know, and uh, local knowledge is gold as well, isn't it? It's all right looking on the map and it's great looking on Google Earth. But if you can get a person who's used to that area out there, they will probably look at it and say, well, actually, this, you know, this runs for three miles. There's a river on that side of it. I fished it. There's a stream. I know that this day. I think local information is, is better than anything. So you want somebody local to the area, really. I agree. You know, who's probably in a similar situation to the witness and understands them as a person. Puts the yeah. witness at yeah, so I think we do. I think we do a very similar thing. And I think yes. people are shocked that it happens in the UK. I think it, they think it only happens in America. See, and that's, yeah, that that was one of the, the biggest things that the two, the three of us were discussing was that a lot of, you know, a lot of people are aware of um, these things in other parts of the world, you know, Indonesia, yeah. Russia, the US, Canada. 
But uh, yeah. as far as where you're at, I mean, I think people are pretty uh, clueless to it, it, it the, mm-hmm. the most part. But uh, thanks to people like yourself, it's getting to be more known yeah. that there is such things there as well. Yeah. Um, that's it. Even, even if you were in the UK today and you had a sighting today, mm-hmm. unless you know me and, and the place to report to, there is nowhere to report that. You can't, you can't go to the paranormal people. You don't want to know. Right, right. guys in the UFOs they don't want to know so there's nothing set up for yeah, that's anything right. that's seven foot tall covered in hair looks like a man and an ape combined mm-hmm. very thick across his shoulders very muscular jaw pronounced brow ridge if I was describing that in Washington State there'd be no doubt that what I was describing was a Sasquatch that's right that's right then that kind yeah. of brings me that brings us to our uh um, I know the other two guys are thinking exactly the same thing what I'm thinking. Um, how are, do you think, are these, th- do they tend to be a little bit smaller than what we have in the Pacific Northwest or in the U.S. period? Yeah, I think so. We did, um, we were very lucky and we ran the numbers and the, the average height came out at about seven foot six. Oh, wow. Okay. So the very so smallest report is four feet, which is, um, Looked like a very muscular little man covered in hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tallest report I think we have is around about nine feet. That's a big boy. <laughs> that's a big, yeah, but that's very rare. Um, okay. And I've got to be honest, when it happened to me, I would have said it was this big 10 foot tall thing. When I went back years later as an adult and did the size comparison, it was probably only about seven feet tall. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of that was in my mind. I'd kind of blown it up to this. And I'll explain more because I was on actually on the ground looking up at it. So it was really hard to judge a size anyway. But it absolutely terrified me. I think I made it bigger in my brain. So in the yes, big absolutely. areas, yeah, in the large areas like Scotland, you get reports of much taller, very often described as a reddish colour, like an orangutan or a red setter dog. Um, if you get closer and closer to the very populated areas, we're, we're looking at a much shorter seven. I mean, seven foot's not short, is it? But seven, no. seven and a half feet tall is kind of an average meme. Oh, and they do fall into two categories. There's the nobody ever says Bigfoot because it's not a well known name in the UK. They'll say eight man, uh, man, okay. man, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get that description, the no neck, typical. Sasquatch Chronicles, large, giant Washington ape. But right. you also get these ancient, what people say look like an ancient man, much hairier, like a hominid of some kind. Yes, ma'am. Neanderthalish, something like that. But I think that happens worldwide. I think you have the the two descriptions worldwide, I think. that the, the definitely two... I, I don't know all the terms for the American names, so your difference between your skunk ape and, say... Uh, something from Ohio could probably be different because of the terrain. Oh, absolutely. I will tell yeah. you, these two can vouch for me that, um, you know, JR and I are actually, we are in the Southeast U.S. I am a, I'm, a, I'm originally from the Adirondacks in upstate New York. Um, right. What I dealt with up there is totally different than what I'm dealing with here. And even in JR's part of North Carolina, I believe... JR, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're dealing with two different types of, of, of things. That's right, sir. 
two different types of subspecies of the type two. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, people often ask me why that is, and obviously I don't know why that is, but no human really looks the same, do they? I'm no, very exactly. different, you know? So I, I think it's just a matter of genetics and where yeah, you've so. been for millennia, you know? And yep. England's quite small, so... Yes, your, average, your average British male is probably about six feet. Okay, so that's actually... Seven. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. You don't have to be a marketing pro to grow your small business. With Constant Contact's suite of email and digital marketing tools, now including SMS, you can build customer relationships that drive big results. Constant Contact's marketing platform makes it easy to automate emails, text offers, grow your list, run social ads, and so much more. And with data at your fingertips, Constant Contact takes the guesswork out of marketing. Start building, expanding, and nurturing your customer base today. Go to ConstantContact.com to get started for free. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Taller than that is here, really. The average here is what, guys? Five, five, nine, nine for a, five, for nine, a man? Five, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's something that's seven, seven and a half feet tall. The, the description, you will have heard it yourself, probably one head taller than me. A lot of people say that, oh, it was like my height got another head taller or another head and a half. It was like the first branch on the tree, so it would have been about seven feet tall. Very athletic built as well. Okay, um, can, you get, can you get more into that as far as, because uh, I know with the, with the different types here, we... The, the, mm. At first, we were that we thought the theory was we had just four types, uh, yeah. but but now, you know, my personal opinion and these guys I think agree with me on this. I think there is more than four. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, it's hard enough for yeah. people to wrap their head around one type of these things running around, let let alone you know four or five, <laughs> six. Yeah, you, know? you, would, you wouldn't get different descriptions of the witnesses because I take witness reports from America as well. Oh, okay. And all across the world, I don't just take reports from England. It started off that way, but then I would find the same for the Americans if their report. Back, I'm talking like back in 1995, 2000. If your report didn't fit with the North American giant, people wouldn't take it. Oh, wow. So you've got people who are saying, well, it wasn't nine foot tall. It was six and a half feet tall. And it looked mm-hmm. sickly and it looked ill. And it was curled up in a ball. And I think that was the only reason I could get close to it. Those reports were just thrown away. So wow. I thought, well, just take them, just, you know, just take them because eventually somebody might find them of interest and they might be an answer within that sighting. Absolutely. But, you know, so that's, that's just what I've done. I mean, I've spoke to a gent in 
Canada, and I think he's somebody you guys, I want to put you together with him, because he lives way up in Edmonton, he's a, he's a bear guide. So he doesn't have yeah. a lot of tech. So nobody's yeah. interested in his report. And right. he's a lovely gent. And he saw a Sasquatch and a moose fight to the death. And nobody wow. wants to take this report from him. Only Interesting. me in England. Interesting. You that uh, we have a... Uh, reminds me, I... Uh, a lot of we hear a lot of stuff well we don't we do what we don't the native americans here are very they're very reluctant to talk about their encounters um being very traditional but i heard a similar story from a close my grandma was mohawk and um you know we have a close family friend they have a cabin 800 miles north of montreal quebec um and they see these things quite a bit and they actually listen to a few of these things kill a moose at about two in the morning. Yeah. So that's yeah. uh, that's pretty that's interesting. You mentioned that. He's, I think he's at Slave Lake. You probably know better than me where Slave Lake is. And, and you he's said at, that Edmonton. That would be Al, uh, Ed, uh, Alberta, correct? Yes, kind of. Yeah, because he's had two yeah. experiences. We're talking a guy like a guy who's probably very similar to your family. Who's out there constantly, and yes. he um, checks the bear population. Mm-hmm. And he says, I mean, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a bear stand most days. The bears come around. He, he says, he, he talks to me and he said, I know what a bear is. I know how a bear swings its head as it's walking along because it's checking the smells. You know, I know what a bear scratch looks like on a tree. And I never really put what I saw later in life to the strange <clears throat> things that I found when I was out there learning to hunt. And then he just said that he was out there. He parked his car five miles away. He walked in. So that there was no noise from the car or anything like that. And he said he was very lucky that they didn't see him. Yes. Um, and they'd just come charging out of the wood line. And he said that this, he, he didn't have a name for it. He just said this creature was clinging onto the back of this moose. The wow. moose's eyes were rolling. It was snorting. There was spit coming from him. And it, this, he said this creature just pulled it to the ground. He mm. said, and I just, I had a gun in my hand and I didn't even think about yep. raising it. I just backed out backwards very very slowly he said when i got back to the car i got in the car and i drove to the first gas station i could find and i started to a coffee well and he, and it's funny you know because the thing is even my uh you know even I, I we personally here think that these things know what weapons are yeah and what yeah. they can do um, what what if, what if you take the shot and it doesn't go down then you're, I, we believe you're, if, you, if that happens, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Very you deep know, trouble. Even a bluff charge, I would imagine, would scare the living daylights out of you. JR, you want to tell her about, tell her about <laughs> that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, she, she, she was talking about a, how a bluff charge would scare the living daylights out of you, and I said, you want to tell her a little bit about it? <laughs> I've had a couple of things happen to me. It's it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure you've heard accounts of that. Uh, yeah. It will scare the living daylights out of you. If nothing else, yeah. like, there's there's not a rush quite like it. I'll tell you that much. I just I we have heard of them in the UK, and you hear about them in Russia and places like that, and obviously in America, in Canada. And I would imagine it's you could feel. It in your chest, that raw, when witnesses describe it to me, call, almost like infrasound in a way. Yes, Did ma'am. It, 
takes the knees from underneath them and they feel sick. And in some cases, some mm. of them lose a little bit of time. Yep. And there have been American researchers that have actually come to in another area and they don't know how they got there. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, I think in the bluff charges, you get hit with this really big infrasound. I'm a firm believer in infrasound. I, I, mm. I personally believe I've been hit with it. It, not, it nauseates you, disorients you. Um, yeah. That, that's personally one of my theories on how you can see them and then all of a sudden they're gone. I think personally they use, they do use the infrasound. Um, I don't know what the rest of you, what your thoughts are on that. I know JR, you're about 50, 50 on it. Sean, what are your uh, thoughts on that? Honestly, uh, I'm leaning towards the, the possibility that that's probably true from, from all the accounts that I've heard. And I've heard quite a few and I'm, I, I was screamed at myself yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it, that's, it, it, it put fear in me that I've never, yeah. uh, never really experienced before. Yeah. It's a primal, it's a primal yeah. fear. And, and I think well, it was, it was dread. I thought, I thought, yeah, I, I have to leave. I have to leave now or I'm going to die. Yeah. yeah. And I had yeah. no idea what I was de- dealing with. I didn't know anything. I, at the time I didn't believe in Bigfoot. Right. So, Right. Yeah, I, you, I think there's probably something to it. I really do. Uh, yeah, w- w- without a doubt. I mean, other other predators are known to do it. Uh, you know, Sumatran tigers are very famous on uh, using it for sound on their prey. Now, Deborah, do they? Now, how do they tend to get extremely aggressive over there, or like the ones we have here at times, or no? Well, in England, you've not got a lot of people out in camo or out carrying a gun, so. Right. My biggest witness base, I would say, uh, we have a lot of survival enthusiasts here, wild campers who like to get out into the wild and just camp with minimal kit. Okay. They're a, they're a huge witness source. Um, and they will do a bit of trapping. So they're out in places that a lot of your average humans are not in the UK. Right. But I honest, honestly have to say that my biggest witness pool is dog walkers and hikers. Oh, wow. And oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think they're just, they're just out at the right time of day. Um, and what you tend to find is they will make lots of distraction things. So you'll get limbs thrown or things thrown. Oh, yes. At, at you'll <laughs> get the whipping and the clapping and the rock clacking. Anything to divert you from the area. And if that or, doesn't work, then you're getting bluff charged. Right, and, or divert yeah. you from the other one that you can't see so it can get away. Yeah, most definitely. And we have had researchers that have ignored those signs and pushed mm. in repeatedly over a number of weeks. And they were chased from the woods, and very much so, because I would if somebody came into my home uninvited. Absolutely. And, you know, consistently pushed in. And I did keep saying, I think you've gone too far now. I think you should leave. Well, on. you're getting hit in the face with stones. You don't really need to be pushing back in there. In camo, in the right. dark. That's right. You look like a kill team, you know? And so they actually got chased back to the car in all the car was picked up and shaken. Yep. Which must be terrifying. But on the other yeah. hand, you ignored all of the signs. So, you know, that's you right. won't make that mistake again. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I personally uh, interrupted a hunt one night and uh, oh. I call I called Will on a matter. It was, it was when I first got with Will and mm. something seemed off. Uh, yeah. And we started hearing these things around us, and 
I called him and uh, described the situation. He said, you need to get the hell out of yeah. there real quick because it sounds like you interrupted something. And we got we got paced out by the yeah. by him. Um, yeah, we have a lot of that shadowing. Some yep. call it stark, shoving for him when there was, as if you guided out of there. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, so, it's very similar behaviours, isn't it? We also have this yes. kind of behaviour where they, as you enter a wood, they will circumvent and come around you. Mm -hmm. You know, right. so they instantly at the back of you. So I always say to people, if you're going in and you're looking for prints, walk out exactly the same way. Because there's I, something following behind you. And we only ever look out front. You know? Right, <laughs> exactly. Retrace your steps back in. Because you always hear that. I heard a twig snap from behind. I heard a whistle from behind. That's right. From behind, and he will circumvent to just to follow you in to see what you're doing. If you're just a dog walker, you're probably going to hide, and you're not even going to see them. It, Which that's brings right. me brings me to the question of some of these sightings. I don't think are incidental because there are times when you think, why didn't he just wait? Why did it cross the road at that moment? Right. Yeah. It, that's that's that. The leftovers or. <laughs> The DMV Number 97. or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers or Ch -ch 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 the DMV Number 97. or Ch -ch -ch house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is a, that's a very good point. And you, <laughs> you hear of those, we do hear, you know, you do, we hear of those road crossings constantly. Um, you know, it came all, down, all you know, it came down one side of the embankment, it crossed the road, and it crossed the road in three steps, and it's down the south side in seconds. And that happens continuously. We've got one case in Dalmally in Scotland, so you're up in the Highlands. Okay. Um, and the guy's driving along, it's like 1 a.m. in the morning. No, there's no lights, no street lights out there or anything like that. Right. Um, and he says, he saw a deer cross in front of him at first and you've got to be really careful of that when you're driving up there days and hairs so obviously he's got full beam on and this deer comes charging out and he's looked to his right to make sure to see whether there's a second deer coming and mm -hmm. he saw two what he described as two cavemen type hairy things is how he said it 
Yeah. He said the first, the one, the bigger one, took off after the day and down, the left embankment down into the woods. And the second one, much, much smaller, that was only about five feet, and he presumed it was younger. Yes. Had a moment of not knowing what to do, whether to go yep. back into where it had come from, or and it cr eventually it crossed the road and ran after the older one. And now, if I, as I say, if that was Canada or Russia, nobody would have a problem believing that. But right. there are these vast open places in, in the UK where you can drive for a day and not see a person. And people don't, that's, people don't understand that about the UK. Mm -hmm. There still is a lot of unexplored, even, even here, people just don't <laughs> understand the vast amount of wilderness we have left yeah. where there is no people. Um, yeah. Sean, for example, uh, Sean, if you don't mind me mentioning your, your experience a little bit, um, you want to, you want to, most of my, the point I'm getting at is uh, most, a lot of our reports here are by hunters. Um, yeah. And Sean, uh, do you want to fill her, just fill her in a tad so she gets a, an idea? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give you a quick recap. Um, I'm originally from Colorado. I grew up in the Rocky Mountains. And right. the funny thing is I moved to Nebraska out here in the flatlands where there's no mountains and not a lot of woods. Yeah. saw Bigfoot. So <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, uh, where, where they are down here, is there anywhere where there's a big population of deer and not a lot right. of people? Any, and if they can sense. hide, any, if there's any cover at all, you can have a Sasquatch. I'm completely convinced of that. Yeah. And I think the population of these animals is much, much, much higher than most estimates are. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I, agree. I, have, to, I have to agree. I think that they do follow the deer. I think there's a migrational pattern. Yeah. I think as as the elk and the deer and the moose go about their seasonal pattern, they like an, an order, as if you take yourself back to caveman days, that's what yes. we would have done. We would yeah. have followed. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it just makes absolutely. sense, doesn't it, that they would move between river and coast. It, 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 it does. Yeah, how many food sources have you got between those two? Because like, in the UK, we tend to get clusters of reports around the estuaries. Okay. Which, if you think, you, you can probably be at the coast and move way up to the highlands within about four hours. So if you wanted to do a 24-hour trip and stop up on the way, go through the woodlands, follow the river out to sea, you know, on the coast, every single seaweed in the UK is edible. I'm not saying yes. it's taste now. But it's edible. And then you've got all of the seeds, you know, your, your saltwater fish, your, your shellfish, all of that, your mussels. And then just go back, go back into the, we have, um, in America, you have three mountain ranges. When in England, we have one that runs right up the middle of the UK. And right. I think they access that and they use the rivers and the tributaries and the streams to move Absolutely. along. Absolutely. I, I could, I'm in total agreement with you there. Um, one of the differences, though, that we have found out here, um, there is a lot of, there is definitely a lot of migration that goes on, but there's uh, a couple types of these subspecies, and uh, you know mm. whether I don't know if you two, Jr. Sean, if you're in agreement with me on this, but I think um, certain maybe a, the type fours, from my experiences in the Adirondacks, they tend to stick in the same area. It may just yeah. all year round. It may just be depending on what resources are in the area. But I, th I, I'm in agreement. I think the ones out west, especially in the Sierras, 
they 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 do migrate quite a bit. Um, but it, again, it all depends on the type and yeah. in the and location. The area. If the area is bountiful, then you could right. stay there. I you think could. in the U- yeah, I think in the UK we must have areas where they are most of the time. Yes, and I think we see them. Maybe my take on it is when they visit a wood for a food source or a resource that's there. So, um, how can I? A lot of the time, they say it had all of the tree and it was examining the branch, or yeah. it was in the willows. Or, and you think, is there something there that it's resourcing? Why just that one yeah. site in there all year round? And you think, well, maybe the resource is only there at that's one right. point in a year, you know? That's um, right. And we don't know all of the edible foods. I think we think we do. But if we, you were... we, have, we have no idea, I don't think. Yeah. I think right. uh, you mentioned kelp, uh, seaweed. Yeah. Uh, we've had, I've heard of reports through, you know, uh, through Will about, uh, he had a witness that witnessed a family group of these things, uh, yeah. a male, a female, and a juvenile coming from, you know, the, the, the coast, uh, up one yeah. of the, rivers in in Washington State and they all had kelp wrapped around their neck. Look, see, an academic said to me a number of months ago, what if it's the salt? Because I wanted to know how many accounts were, why these clusters of accounts were around the estuaries. And she said, it might be something as simple as salt, Deborah. All, anything on this earth that's flesh and blood has to have salt in its diet. It does. And if they're eating an all-natural diet and there's no salt in the land where they are, what if they go to the coast for a simple reason of salt? And I just thought, well, yeah, maybe she might be right. It might just be something as simple as that. Right. Because we think of food as kind of flavour, don't we? And and whether it tastes nice or not. I think for them it's different. I think it's about nutrient. and It's all about nutrient. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we view it differently. And people say to me, well, what do they eat? I say, well, whatever we ate 10,000 years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Shot, I would imagine. Yeah. And they're probably why they're much fitter than us and much taller than us. Maybe right. That's a bone structure. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, than we are. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It's a fascinating no. subject, though, isn't it? Yeah, it it's very, about, it's very, very fascinating. fascinating. It's very mm. fascinating. And, you know, so uh, what I, I know we we were very interested in, into knowing the deer you all have over there, over there. Now, how I know our, our whitetail here and our our mule deer out west will, you know, they they'll get up. You know, Sean, big whitetail in Nebraska. Uh, Wait, a big big one, two fifty. Big big two fifty. Okay, yeah. same as the Adirondacks. Jr. What about down here in North Carolina? Yeah, we got a pretty good variety of whitetail around here. Uh, they don't get very big, but there sure are a lot of them. Uh, yeah. Lots, yeah. Of, lots of black bear. Yeah. And, you know, of course, lots of possums and squirrel and, you know, other yeah. critters around. Right. Yeah, exactly. So what I was wondering, Debbie, is how, how the, the type, it's more, it's a, you, can, you consider it a stag, I, I understand. Is, we, yeah, we have six species of deer in the UK. We don't just okay. have one. So we have like seeker, monk jack, um, we have a Chinese water deer, we have a, a white tail, and we have a red deer. Really? So okay. All, you know, different sizes. And um, as you go, and they're a pandemic, they are actually, because there isn't a huge hunting culture in the UK, Right. they have become wow. a major problem. So you know, become 
yeah, they're everywhere. They're on the golf courses, they're on cemeteries, they're on every river valley. Same with the, same with the day at the wild boar. We have a wild boar epidemic. You know, ours is our, Sounds ours. Like paradise. <laughs> right for a Sasquatch, anyway, and for hunters yeah. like ourselves. <laughs> for, for hunters, yeah, yeah it sounds awesome to me. I would love to come out there. Now, the uh, do you believe there they? Are, yeah, there they, are spots where you get hunters, like Northumberland, which is just below Scotland. That they okay. still have the old culture, so they still do. There's a lot of hunting going on, and we have shooting estates and things like that. But there's not a whole group of people that actually go out and get their own meat. And right. harvest the meat and harvest the skin. There's not a whole lot of that going on. So, and there are dumps. There are deer dumps. So if if um, you hit the, a deer with a car or something like, they just dump them in an area. That's so they just ten, dump them. Wow. Yeah. So you see, you just we had a witnessing. Um, I hope I'm not boring you with all this. No, oh, no. no. You, you're. Oh, we, no, we no. are fascinated right now. Believe me, we, we are. We, we're on the well, same line as you are. <laughs> it's Scotland is probably the closest thing that you could get to Northwest America. So you've got the huge okay. River Tay, um, absolutely fantastic. We went. I was lucky enough to go up there and meet with a witness who lives in a very, very remote cottage. And as mm -hmm. we were driving, we were seeing like partridge and pheasant, um, hare, deer. There was just there was food everywhere. And she, we went up to meet her, and she showed me where she saw the the what she called the giant, where she saw him. And it was a, like a fruit orchard. Okay. There was lots of, lots of fruit. And then she said to me, they, they, for some reason, they're kind of passing the cottage and they're going down into that ravine. And I said to her, all right, it could be the fish sausage. She said, well, it might be, but the local um, deer owner hangs his deer there and he, and he just mm. leaves the pluck. You know, he, that's where he leaves his pluck and then he takes what he wants. So there's always meat down there. And I said to her, it's kind of a one-shot stop, really, isn't it? You've got... Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got the block at the back that's full of trout and salmon. And you've got the the tay running at the bottom of you that's also stocked with fish. You've got the orchard. You've got the pheasant. And, you know, it's just, it's just yeah. food everywhere, wherever you look. So it just made perfect sense to me. Same here. We hear a lot of, we get a lot of reports about, um, about it being in orchards. Uh, apple. Leftovers. Or. Ch -ch 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 the DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Orders especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, she mentioned something interesting about, uh, you know, how they just dump deer. Uh, now, you had, a, you had a deer disappear. Yeah, well, yeah, it was roadkill uh, last year. <laughs> Somebody hit a deer on the road, and, and uh, I drug it down to the edge of the field where I was hunting, and I put it off in the uh, just on the edge of the field in the tree line just to see what would happen, and yeah. a couple, couple days later, it was gone. 
100 percent gone there was no 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 you know when coyotes come after an animal they tear um, it up see yeah you're gonna see signs of the animal there was absolutely no sign of the animal not a hair so yeah. something picked it up and took it away and and, and took it away the that. gentleman who i spoke to you about before randa the guy that lives up in, in canada had a similar yes. He was shot a day, and he said the grass was about four feet high. He yeah. shot it, went down in the grass. When he went to get it, he'd gone. Wow. So he walked grid shape trying to find it. He said he was quite annoyed, he wanted the meat. He walked grid shape, couldn't find it. Did a you know, spiral, couldn't find it. Went and got his friend, brought his friend back. They never found it. He said yeah. he hit it. He saw it go down, and it went. Yeah, I mean that happens. We that happens a lot. I uh, per, were the spot I had my first uh, two sightings in um, actually happened to me. I I shot at an eight point buck. I I hit him flush, lung shot. He was good. He still run a little ways, you know, but they'll go down. Um, I gave him a few minutes and uh, I followed the blood trail and uh, I just I'm usually pretty good at, at finding and I never leave an animal. You know, you always find yeah. your animal and take it. I never leave one, but he uh, uh, mysteriously uh, disappeared. Also, we uh, we get reports like that um, constantly. And something uh, happened I, to me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. It, it's crazy. And I know uh, down here, Jr. They don't they they like the boar too, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Especially. He, he, Hear a lot of reports of that down South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Florida, stuff like that, especially Texas. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll hear about them feeding on the pit. And, and also, also whenever whenever hunters take them out and stuff, and they just kind of leave them laying. I've yeah, heard yeah. a couple of them uh, actually taking, actually taking the, the dead pigs and, uh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. They're, yeah. they, they seem to really like them. No, no, I don't blame him sure. either. <laughs> I don't blame him one bit. Not one bit at all. Now we have had we have had a couple um, years ago. Will told me about an encounter, and I'm pretty sure you guys know about the the story too. Where uh, he talked to a witness that actually saw a big male, mm. and there was two juveniles with this male, and it actually killed the bear. It uh, wow. broke. The, it broke the bears. It was a black bear, not a grizzly. Mm -hmm. Grizzlies are much, much bigger, you know. Um, it broke the the bear's neck, and then did something very odd. It, it sat on. It sat on top of it for a few seconds, yeah. uh, almost like a victory, you know, like you know, yeah. I I got you, you know, and then mm -hmm. they started to to feed on it. Um, mm -hmm. To me, is very very bizarre. You wouldn't think they, you know, to to me anyway. I, I would not. Yeah. I wouldn't think bear would be a, uh, a, not a primary source of of food for them. Mm. But that's just me. That's just me. I know down here, like Jr. will tell you that. Uh, you, you know, I'm new. I'm new to this area, Debbie, of North Carolina. Yeah. Like I said, I'm originally from the Adirondacks in upstate New York, but um, I recently moved. But so I'm, like I said, I'm dealing with a whole different type of creature down here. Um, yeah. But the bear down yeah. here get very big. Um, Jr. Didn't someone shoot an 850 pound black bear here a few years back? Wow. Yeah, I think that was down on the coast where you are. Yes, Craven County. So you know that 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 seems. But then again, they take down moose. So you know, yeah. it's, it's 
it's hard to say. But then again, a bear also has the. I was just well, I just that makes no sense either because if, I was going to say a bear has the weapons to fight back, but then again, a big bull moves, so gory, it just just as bad, if not worse, than a bear. <laughs> Oh yeah, and, and what we have heard of them, where there's been more than one of them in a hunt, so yes. he's hunted as a clan to Absolutely. take down the animal by either snapping its um, front leg with a twist, yes. so it goes down, and then they get the hand in the neck and they pull back and they snap that thorax, yes. that throat, and it's done, and it's over and done with and done. There's no mess, there's no waffle, there's nothing. That's right. Once it's gone, nobody knows you've been there. It's a very That's quick right. and efficient method. They're and very Neanderthals, efficient. Neanderthals kind of hunted in the same way. Yes, and then, they, they did. Yeah, and you've got the other cases where you get where they kind of up um, on a ravine. We call mm -hmm. them cleaves in England, where you would hunt from, so you can see right across the valley, and you yes. can see the animals coming in and moving out. So these very strategic kind of thought put into the, the hunt that they're going to do. So we're not dealing with a dumb ape or anything like that. We're dealing with something that can strategize and think, right, well, yes. if I'm here and he's there and the deer's coming through, if I throw a rock down and I get that deer, break that deer's leg, and then we're down, we've got it, we pull it into one of the cave systems, it's gone, nobody's going to know. Because UK is under riddle with cave systems. And they run out all the way to Europe in some cases. So yeah. You just, we nobody's, you know, obviously we've mapped them, but we've not mapped all of them. I don't think anybody's ever walked them all, you know. We just right. Know it's just a, right. an, an unknown thing. But the, you do get this this kind of talk of like a wild man, as you would say, where they're kind of hunting and, and, and trapping. And do, do, they, do they have food stashes? That's something I get asked a lot. Do we, you think they would stash food, you know? At, I believe they do. Well, yeah, you know, I do too. It leads back to, um, I've got a photo I'll send you after, Debbie, and, uh, of a deer. Now, I got called to a case about seven miles from my uh, original sighting. A farmer had found a, car a deer carcass in a tree, uh, 16, feet, 16 feet up. Wow. Um, now, here's the kicker. It happened three times within like an eight-month period in the same yeah. tree. Right. And when I examined this thing, it was like the ribs were, there was nothing left of this thing, really. It, yeah. it, the ribs had seen my, they had been systematically, systematically broken. So, I, I, you yeah. know, I don't know if, if that would be considered a food stash because there was really nothing left to it. But, I, uh, you know, we have heard stories of people finding large amounts of berries like laid on rhubarb leaves and things like that in very active areas. So, you know, it's, it's very possible, I suppose. The, the, the day that you've just mentioned there, one of the yes, strange cases up in Scotland, um, right at the tip, so it's kind of as north as you can go, really. There's one um, forest there that's about 17 miles long. And when we first started researching, I used to say to people back then, if you get any weird photographs of anything, send them in, because we just want to, you know, we didn't know what we were looking for back then. And we started to find male deer legs hung in the tree. And yeah. it was always around rut time, you know, the time where they would mate. Yeah. And it happened consistently on a yearly basis. And then yep. I suddenly, as you start reaching out to the people, we found people on the very south of the UK that were also having these deer legs. That's, as, in that's as you're saying. 
Yeah, you know, and we do get strange kills. We get kind of sheep that have had, it's almost like the belly's been split and they've just taken the liver and the... Okay, the... the, 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 the yeah, just the good most nutritious yeah. organs. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, Makes the, sense. The um, and then you get ones where, as you said before, there's no sign of a predator. There's no claw marks in the ground or any fur or fluff, hair, dog hair, anything like that. Right, really right. weird... Cheap, we know back legs completely hollowed out on the inside, and um, the, the photographs that you get we get sent are absolutely unbelievable. You know, sheep in trees, deer in trees, oh, yeah, bones, you know, bones in trees, all that kind of thing. I uh, I actually found a bone on a on a research trip that had been gnawed on by something, and uh, I sent it to an anthropologist friend of ours, and at first he didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, yeah. He examined the picture a little bit more. A few days later, he called me back and he said, you need to send me that bone immediately. <laughs> uh, I sent it to him. And when I got a response back, he described the marks left on the bone. Almost mm. like uh, he said they were almost like a cross between a giant orangutan and a giant human being would have left them. Wow. And the guy that I used to do research trips with in this area of New England mm found several more of the same with the same markings on them and i've got you know i've got pictures of that i'll send you also but yeah um, guys where did we hear the story the other night where god it was it was something i was watching or was i talking about it with one of you guys where one of these things a guy witnessed uh one of these things pick a boar up uh, slap it against the tree yes yeah, sir and left the piece of hit it so the hard ribs. left yeah, that was that's the one. Yeah. Hit it so hard, a piece of rib got stuck in the tree. Ooh. <laughs> that's just you're talking about raw, raw power, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's just unbelievable. Um, now, Debbie, do, would you mind telling us a little bit about your uh, about your personal experience? No, not at all. I don't mind. Um, I've told it so many times now over the years. Right. Um, I was 15, so it's like 1982. I was at, in, in England, you leave school at 16. So that's it, 16, you go and get your job, unless you're going to college or whatever. Right. So I was kind of fed up with school, and I was a bit naughty, and I didn't want to go in that day. And I lived in what you would call a mill town, so there's not a whole lot going on. There's a docks, there's a harbour. There's okay. a couple of mining, you know, a couple of pits. Um, pretty, I would imagine what you would say, not the type of place that you should be seeing some seven foot and air in all on the side. Right. Shouldn't make sense at all. There was an old mansion, a really old home, and it had um, it had like what they called a sensory garden. So it was full of um, kind of edibles that smelt really strong, like garlic and onion, sage, rosemary, that kind of thing. And it had just been left to go wild, and it oh, was wow. a, like a country park, and they hadn't done anything with it. They, they just left it to go wild. So the trees had gone wild, and the rhododendrons and the ivy. And there was like a little den that we used to go in, um, just made by the ivy. It meshed all these things together. What now I recognise is probably a natural shelter, but I hadn't even thought sure. about it back then like that. So we're in there, and it's me and my friend, and we are just giggling and messing about like 15-year-old girls do. Sure. It's warm. I'm I'm laying on my back, she's laying on her back, and we're laughing and talking between us. And I caught a movement out the corner of my eye, just to the right of me. And I thought, 
oh my lord, that's a teacher. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a lad, and he's going to come out of the bush and go rah like that. So kind of, yeah. you know, when you put your your knuckles down and you push yourself up. Yes. I was in that position, and it must have moved about a foot in the bus because out of the corner wow. of me went die, and suddenly I only started from chest up. It just leant out of the bush and looked at us. And wow. I'm going to be really, really honest now, and I'm dead ashamed of this. I pushed my friends to the floor uh-huh. so that it would get her, and I ran, screaming, snot running. Don't remember much after that point until I came to about two miles down the road. Uh-huh. I realised that the next bit I had to run was what we call Dell. So it's like this valley dip, and the grass is about five foot high in it. And I remember coming to at that point and thinking, there is no way I'm crossing that dell. Because I, in my head, there was hundreds of them in there, you know, in my terror. Sure, sure. And I left it home. I was crying, I was screaming, I ran in the front door. I told my mum what had happened, and my mum said, go and get that uniform off before your dad comes in and you get in trouble. That was it. Did your I mother was, believe, did she believe you? No. No, she said, you must have seen a homeless man. Right. Or, you, you know, you must have seen, is someone playing a trick on you with a mask? Yeah. The thing that I remember most about it, because I looked in his eyes and he looked in mine, he mm-hmm. looked like a flesh and blood creature. Absolutely. Not it's dimensional, not. not a ghost, not an hallucination. Yeah, right. yep. A flesh and blood creature. He had massive yep. muscles on his jaw. Very solid, very yes, very uh, structured, almost like a yeah, just really big Yeah, his teeth were like ours. There was no canines, nothing like that. They were human, like just square human teeth. And he wasn't bearing them. He just kind of looked as shocked as I did. He's kind of slack jawed a bit. Uh His eyes had this amberish. Colour to them, dirty yellows. The yellows were dirty. Yep. You know, like we have white. These weren't white. Yep. And I don't remember his because he had a lot of hair, so his hair must have been covering his ears. Right. And his hair was, I would say, the dark brown. You can imagine, but it looked a bit red as well, where the sun caught it in places. Yep. Flat. His nose was like flat and splayed. Wow, that's that's, that's interesting. And his, um, what I would call his brow ridge, where his eyebrows were, was uh-huh. quite pronounced. And he looked okay. like a man and an ape pushed together. Put together. Yeah. Just yeah, impossible. It's very... And utterly impossible. And I look back, because obviously I pushed her to the floor, hoping he's <laughs> going to get her and not me. Right, right. <laughs> and he's in a primal fear. I don't even yeah, know. It, and that's what it is. It's primal yeah. fear. I didn't have a conscious thought of that, that I did that action without even thinking. Yeah. And I looked back to see if A, he was getting her, or B, he was coming after me, and he'd completely gone. Yeah. Uh, can I ask, did your friend happen to witness it too? Yeah, she was that, like, shoulder to shoulder on the floor. She ran screaming in one direction, and I ran screaming in the next direction, realising... <laughs> Then I've got to go back there tomorrow to school. And yeah. just think he's going to get me. When I go back, he's going to get me. And I felt yep. like that for 25 years. Strangely, all these years on, a woman gets in touch with Thomas Markham at the Cryptid Crew about 2014. Yep. We, 
We know to- yeah. we know Thomas. Yep. And says, I Thomas did my report. He was one of the first people who'd take me seriously and he put my account out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to him, My dad was a big man. And he was a fighter and a street fighter. He was huge, my dad, absolutely huge. He could rip apples with his bare hands. And he made my dad look tiny. And that scared me more than anything. Because I thought he could just knock my dad over. And that terrified me, you know? That's that's what's scary. If, if, you know, like uh, down where, down, um, you know, where where JR and I are, down in the southeast U.S., Mm -hmm. they... They tend to get a little more aggressive than they yeah. do uh, in other parts of the U.S. Wouldn't you agree, Jr. On that? Oh yeah, big time. I yeah, think they do. I, I, per, I think they do too. They tend to get more aggressive, and you do like, a, especially along the Appalachian Trail. Um, yeah. You hear about a lot. You do hear about a lot of hunters go missing and stuff. Well, you uh, do. And it, yeah. And it does make you. Yeah. It does make you wonder. It really does. Well, yeah. They might stumble into situations that where they've had that gut feeling and ignored it and, and kind of stumbled in. Yes. Um, it yes. Could be, you know, something like that. You just don't, you don't, I, years ago I would have said, oh no, 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 there's no attacks. But I can't say that anymore because we do you have can't. missing, no, we do have missing people yes. in areas where we have sighting reports. And even in where I saw mine, there has been a body pull, you know, that's been found there. Um, and I've got to be honest about that. And I was lucky in that when that lady came forward, she saw him in exactly the same place two years after me. Oh, wow. So I was eight. She saw him, all of him. And she said he was definitely male because mm-hmm. she could see his genitalia. Oh, so he was that, like, that's interesting. Can I back you up on that real quick? I yeah, don't mind me yeah. to interrupt you, but that that's that not to, you know focus on that so much but yeah we don't, no, we don't really we don't really hear about uh you know but then again you're not trying you're not really focusing yeah, on that yeah, area sometimes but, it's because we don't, the witness concentrates on the face i think right right but we just mm-hmm. we don't really hear about that a lot did i mean so she she noticed genitalia she said the the sentence she, how she said it was he was definitely male i could see his genitalia wow yeah so That's she said he he was a reddish brown in colour. He was stood completely still. He was just staring at her. She said he had a, like a, a, a chimp's face, is how she mm-hmm. described it. He had a pot belly. He had yep. this kind of punched stance, which comes up over and over again. It's almost like this, not a hunchback, but the way yep. the shoulders are forward. Oh, I know, yep. So I put that report out. And when I put that report out, we're now on seven witnesses in my town, all independent people. We've all seen them from the 1950s, which is the very first report we've got now. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Last one was 2017. Wow. So why would they be there? That was the first, you know, for me, how's it got there? What is it? How's it got there? Right. So... I live on a river valley okay. where there's lots of deer moving through. And I think that it's something to do with that. We're only about a mile away from it. So oh, I'm, sure. I, yeah. I think that that's the route. And once you get to the top of that river valley, you can basically either skirt that mountain range that I told you about mm-hmm. and go on the west coast or the east coast, or you can use that mountain range to move. And these, like I said, these are all the cave systems. Yes. 
years later, I find out there's a sluice system. So when it floods, that sluice comes out on that river basin. So if you could access that sluice tunnel, you could pop up in and up that park anytime you felt like. Which, you know, I know it's a lot to ask and I know it's a big stretch, but I'm not the only person who saw it. You know? Yeah, no, I, we, we get it, trust me, we, we get it. We've all, we've all had our, we've all yeah. seen these things too. And it, it's, it's just a hard thing to wrap your head around. It really is. It uh, really is. And I think I used to apologize for having seen it. I used to say, oh, I'm really sorry. I've had this really strange sighting. And I know you'll think I'm with, I don't anymore. Because it, I've met yeah. over 500 witnesses in the UK alone. That's, that's a ever, lot. That is a lot. But at most, you got to think that's in 30 years, though, Jeremiah. So right. it's only been in probably the last 10 years that I've been taking American, Canadian, Russian, Japanese, any reports sure. that come in from all over the world. And then I mapped them. So I haven't got as many reports in the States as I have in the UK, but they are flooding in. That's um, awesome. And I'm hoping I can pass them over to you guys as well. well that would be because great. I mean, that's, that's yeah, as our, I said earlier, these are people who have come forward and nobody's taking them seriously. And that's a shame. It really is because, you know, and, and it's hard enough to get people to talk about this, you know. Yeah. Um, I know where, where we live in the States, you know, there, these people live off the grid. Um, you know, they know that these things are there. They just won't, won't talk about it. And, and other people that see these things, you know, our theory, my, you know, we, JR, Sean, myself, Will, we've talked about this several times. We, I think for every one sighting that gets reported, you're going to have seven, yeah. seven, eight more that don't get reported. Because yeah. they're Most afraid of the ridicule. Exactly. Yeah. And what, no. what do you call it? At least in America, you, you have a name, you have a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. In the UK, they don't know what to call it. It gets reported to the paranormal groups. Right. You, know, you, get, you get paranormal reports where it's an eight-foot airy-looking hate man that chases people out of the woods. That gets reported as a ghost. Yeah, so and it's, it's far from that. They're definitely a, yeah. flesh, and blood an they're definitely a flesh and blood animal. That's, you, you so that's to, yeah, so you've got to try and educate them. And, yes. and try and say, well, you know, people do take reports of the, you know, like these creatures are out there. Once you tell them, they go, oh, it's funny you should say that. Because, right. in, you know, in everybody's got a story, and I think it's the same in America. Everybody yes. has, has their story or somebody in their family. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Uncle Joe's story or, you know, my, my, my Aunt Francie's story. I think everybody's like that all across the UK. We will stop. That's amazing. In, in, in in a in a village, and we will knock on farmers' doors and say, "Have you seen anything weird on your land?" And invariably, you will either get a big cat sighting because we're not supposed to have large cats in the UK, but we do have them, and you'll get, "Well, I saw this really tall hulking thing, much bigger than man. I thought it was a cow on top of another cow. It was that big, and it walked across my land, and I just followed it with my torchlight, and it looked at me with disdain, and it must have crossed the field ever in ten steps." The amount of times I get told that by farmers in the wilds out there, they just don't have a name to give it to report it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And let and let alone you said you think you have a couple different types. Yeah, I think I think there are because we do get reports of dogmen, and I know you do in the in, in so, America. Yeah, as we do here, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I tend with those witnesses. I always ask. I never say anything. Just say something. Can you describe it to me? And they always right. say that. Like, 
right here, this, this, this. And you, they very rarely go into detail. So you say, did you see hands? And they'll say, oh, yeah, I definitely had hands. Well, right. Did it have pointed ears on top of its head? Oh, no, it didn't have <laughs> Did it have a snout? No, no, it had an eight-like face. So you're yeah, still well, getting this confusion, you know? Chuck is another word. Oh, know. sorry, I cut, I cut you off. Go ahead, no, Debbie. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm probably talking too much. I'm probably. No, I, I, we. I know we all. We all get so excited about this subject, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We get the dogman reports, and you get the caveman. Oh, it looked like an ancient caveman. I think what I saw was a Neanderthal, or you know, Heidelbergensis, or something like that. So yeah, right. definitely. Right. Definitely, at least two types. Let's put it that way. Yeah, like I said here, um, you know, we, originally it was four, but we, like we, we, we were just telling you, I mean, I think there's more than that. Um, yeah. we, see, what happened, the thing with the, the we, we think, you know, I'm, as far as the dog man thing goes, there's a, there's a one type of Sasquatch we have here and, and refer to it as the type three. Yeah. And it, 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 it has the simian nose, looks That's very, it, yeah. Yeah looks very canine-like. Um, yeah. So we always ask people, you know, we, we make sure they describe yeah. exactly what they saw, whether, you know, we can put it into the dogman category or the type three Sasquatch. Yeah, category. like the Beast the beast of Seven Shoots is, is a typical example of that, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, it is. nose kind of thing, yeah. So yep. I never put the word Bigfoot to my encounter. I was looking for an eight-man. Yep. And for 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 years, I thought I'd seen an ape man, a man ape. That was what I used to call him, the man ape. And she always called him the gorilla man. But I, very, very early on, one of my daughters got a laptop when, when the internet was first out in England. My daughter got a laptop and I'm just looking. I found this site. I put in hairy, upright, ape-looking human, as you used to back then. Right. And I'm scrolling through. And I see the Sykesville monster. And oh my God, it was like looking at his brother or his cousin. And I was right back there. I was crying again. I was really upset and I just couldn't get my breath. And my husband was like, what's wrong with you? And I kept saying, that's him. That's him. Because mm. it had the same eyes and it kind of had the same facial structure, just not as muscular. Not as muscular. Than what I saw. Right. And um it was at that point where I thought, I can't keep being this scared. I mean, at that point, I wouldn't camp in the woods. I wouldn't go set the kids on holiday where there was any woodland where I was going to be in there after dark. There was no way I was prepared to do that. I don't blame and, you. Um, I was just terrified. And I thought, I can't keep doing this. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to have to, in a way, I'm going to have to get over it somehow. And um, it was just by meeting other witnesses and then meeting them in the field. You get what I mean? So, like, so you're not there on your own when you're going in and, just gradually was able to get rid of that fear. I was very lucky. But there's lots it's, of other people out there who were too afraid to walk the dog. They are too afraid to go out at night. Because yeah. in the UK, if you see something like that, you have no idea what it is that you've seen. Unless you've come across the Bigfoot subject, you right. have no clue. You wouldn't know. So no. there's only, I think what you said, that where one report comes in, I bet there's 10 people out there thinking just waiting to hear the story really so they can go that's what i saw or that makes yep. sense to me now now right. i'm rethinking that situation and do you ever get them i meant to ask actually you know they're like this 
prismatic, the predator type description, where the, like the trees are moving, the bushes are moving, but you can't oh, yes. actually see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, John. Sorry. Well, no, I've heard I it described as a shimmer, and I've seen yeah. a couple of videos. Uh, the Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization, mm, <clears throat> they filmed something like that not long ago, and I saw another video, I'm not sure where, and that's got me wondering. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not real into the paranormal side of Sasquatch, but it makes me think, you know? Mm. It really does. It, it so could I, be but yeah. their hair is prismatic in some way, which means it would send the light back at you. Like a well, I, Yeah, I think it's a lot like a polar bear, like a translucent type pair. Yeah. In, in some cases. And I've also heard be, of yeah. stories where they've been known to stuff branches and leaves and such inside their hair to help them camouflage themselves. The green, the green man yeah. in England is, is the ideal. We have this history of a green man, these eyes that are within the tree. Okay. Can you tell so us you've about got that these You've got this mask of leaves, and all you see is these peeping eyes. If you put the green man in, in England, that's what mm -hmm. pops up. Now, he's in our culture, he's in our early religions. We, you get to the 17th century, they start calling him the wood wolves. The wood wolves, that, that's the term I've heard, okay. Yeah, so the early depictions of him, he's always hidden within the leaves. So you just get this these two eyes peeping out and what you're describing with his hair, you know, sh sh shrugs. He's one in Bartrey, a young girl, once again, young girl with a friend playing out. And she said, I just suddenly saw the eyes in the grass. Mm. And as I went to run towards it, it kind of shook its head. No, as if to say, don't come near me. Uh -huh. And she said, it looked like it had a mask made out of the leaves, Debbie. But that's impossible. So she just said it looked like the green man. Wow. These two eyes within the grass, yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, like I said, we've heard uh, a lot of these stories I was just referring to come from the Everglades or, or, or deep in the swamps of Georgia or Mississippi. or they, where I've heard that they, they'll stick vegetation all over their body to help camouflage themselves. Well, hunters do, don't they? Hunters do the same. Yes. So you blend in with your surroundings. Exactly. Then, then you learn to use the shadow to your advantage. Exactly. And I, I think a lot be... of it too is the the when they when you see them and then they're all of a sudden gone. I think a lot of it. My personal thought, I think, is a lot of infrasound. I really do. I it, it would it stuns you, puts you in a state of shock, mm. where you really don't know what's going on. And that gives them time to disappear. Go. Yeah. Is that also, is that putting a tree between you and them? Yes, so always. You get that peeping behavior where they're peeping out at you behind a tree. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they will suddenly be gone. But if that tree's of a decent width, they could walk quite backwards, hit a gully and be gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then you get that where they say it dropped to its belly. We've heard it's that court. Yep. Quite a bit. Dropped to its belly and crawled out in the leaves and it was gone. Yep. You know, you've so you, you've got those, yeah, you've got those kind of behaviours. I think they're incredibly far more strategically clever than we are, and they use I, that to their advantage. It's their environment, I, so they're masters of it. They they're masters of it. And I think personally, I mean I'll say I've said this a thousand times, but I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> I think they can access more of their brain 
than we can, and I think they're better with their environment than we are with ours. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I by by I far, by far. I mean, uh, I, my wife now. She she's the guys will tell you she's a paranormal investigator. She's mm-hmm. an empath, and she she's very very gifted. But she mm-hmm. she had an encounter with a large a large male a few years back, um, over ten feet. Um, and she'll be the first to tell you, even as a paranormal investigator, that these things are nothing but a flesh and blood creature. There's nothing, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing paranormal about them. You know, um, they just use their environment. How they use their environment fully to their advantage. They've evolved to avoid us for thousands and thousands of years, and they are very yeah. good at it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We were once the same, and we yes, lost we were. Builder when yes. we settled and farmed. We know that keeps them alive. Yes, so, it does. And we even you people say to me, "Oh, you're going down the woo." Knowing what your clan members going to do is not going down the woo. You know if your wife's in a mood with you before she opens her mouth. Yes. Yeah, because you're around it that often. That you That's could right. probably end sentences for you. And I think that they have that on a much more advanced level. I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Mm. I, I really but am. I think we once we were the same ones. I think we had the same, very similar abilities. We just lost them over millennia. Well, some people have lost them over millennia. I think that's why some people can pick up on them when they're in an area and you get that gut feeling that you said oh, before. Yeah. That's, yep. I think that's part of your brain that can is, is sensing or smelling or seeing something that you See, haven't caught up to yet. Yeah. I'm in total agreement with that. I, I, I've always said that I think the, the, the feeling we get when they're around is something that's stuck with us for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a, different kind of, a different kind of fear. It's something totally different than any other kind of fear or, like Sean said, dread there is. It, it's, it is. It's, it's totally different. Dread. It's totally, yeah. totally different. JR, I mean, you've told me several times, as soon as you go to your spot, you know when they're there and when they're not. Mm. Yeah, it feels different. Yeah, man, totally. You can tell. You it can is, tell. Uh, it's a feeling, it's a feeling kind of like un- unlike any other. It's like, um, I don't, I, I really don't know how many people kind of believe in it, but it's kind of like a vibe you can tap into, man. Yeah, it, it's, absolutely. Uh, you know, you can just kind of feel, or you can kind of feel whenever they're, you know, like like gonna do something crazy or or yeah, yeah. Or, or something, you know. Yep. It's, exactly. it's just kind of and, and 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 like nine times out of ten, I'm I'm usually right about it. Yep. Yeah. It must, must be times of the year when they don't want us there. It has to be. You got to be birthing because you've got to have young, haven't they? And yeah, if you was yes. a, a male and your wife had just given birth and the guy that comes once a month to visit is on his way in, you might give off that, don't, you know, go away and don't come back for a while. And I think maybe that's what we're picking up that's on. That's right. You know, we just, we're just, we're human. We make errors, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it very well could be. I was going to ask you on, uh, as far as the breeding population there goes, is it, is it you, in your opinion, is, are they... Is it in a good position where they're successfully breeding well? It, it really yeah, is. But it's impossible to tell. It really, it really is. is. But as far as your, what are your personal vibes on well, it? I see, I'm in the, the, the bad position of 
the not everybody's reporting what they're seeing. So I, right. I haven't got the proper figure. So anything I tell you now, we're probably on a guess. But they are being seen on a regular basis. Um, we do have some habituations out there that we don't publicise, but we just leave them alone. That's because right. finding out about them is far more important. So the in the habituation areas, there's very healthy populations of them. I do, however, get reports on occasions of very sickly-looking mm. creatures that okay. are massive and sickly and don't look yeah. very well, that look ill. And I think that's why they've been seen, because they're absolutely desperate at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, it yes. worries me, because we are building more and more. And yes. I think we are forcing them into smaller and smaller groups, and that's not great. Because no, you don't want to, you know, it's not. You don't want them for, you know, and you you definitely don't want inbreeding going on. Yeah, uh, especially but with something sense, like this. Yeah, in that sense, I can say, oh, there's quite a, you know, a healthy population, but I, that's only in theory. I mean, I can't one hundred percent because you know, I can't. I just can't. I don't. I really don't know. But you can. There are certain patterns that you see, and patterns are my thing. I like mapping things, as I said. So you, I started looking at the colours that get. So you get the very black ones and you get these grey, you get this brownie grey mix and you get this orangey, reddish orangutan colour. Yes. So already you're thinking, right, well, we've got four, at least four colours of hair going on. So we've got right. two have you know, it's not the same one that's been seen consistently. So I think right. what I'm trying to see is in one area, not everybody sees a brown one. Some will see right. a red. Some will see. So they just seem to be a number of cases where there's more than one in one area, which would probably make sense if they still lived as we lived, early Brits lived back then. Sure. Um, they, they definitely follow the old foraging routes because yeah. I think th it just makes sense to do that. It's, it, it's, it, it does. You know? I think it, that's why it really do does. That. Do you guys and have a problem with them attacking livestock? They there's lots. I think there was 15,000 livestock kills last year that were put down to domestic dogs. Domestic dogs. You know? <laughs> domestic dogs. So yeah. there are lots and lots of, and lots of animal kills. And these, we find um, sheep fleece with mm -hmm. very white bleached bones, almost ceremonial, within oh, the wow. wrapped up, hooked up into trees. So they're kind of out of the weather and Cooked up there and they're nice. Strange things that we find like that. Um, oh, wow. You know, the same, similar structures that you find in America, the big arches, yeah. the X's, these teepee type structures. Oh, yeah. Um, glyphs, very things that you recognize, like this A glyph or um, the Y that you find on deer trails and things like that. So we have been able to calculate a few things over time and they might sure. not be 100% certain we can throw them out if we can prove that later on. But we have to, we kind of, because it's the UK and because it's a small area, we have to be able to answer the same questions that you guys answer. Oh, absolutely. You know, I have to be able to say, are we getting footprints fine? Yes, we are. Are we getting anecdotal reports? Yes, we are. Are we finding the similar structures that we find in America? Well, yes, we are. So some of them we've been able to rule out. It's like bus crash shelters and things like that. But there yeah. are still some that we, we have no idea why they left there. Right, um, right. So I just tell them to photograph them and send them in and we'll just keep them in a database because you just never know, do you really? You just never you know? know, yeah. I, I can... <laughs> 
I tend to, you know, I think a lot of the, the tree stick structure stuff, you know, most of that, a lot of that can be explained, but then there is, there's that small percentage yeah. and I'll send you some photos after yeah. uh, some really good ones that I've got, yeah, um, uh, that you just, just can't be explained, you know? Um, that's it. So that's what it, it is. A lot of it. I say, Oh, I think bushcraft or I think that's probably kids that have done that, you know? Yes. And it's yeah. on the path. And it's a well-walked area and you're thinking, Hmm. There's a bushcraft school there. That's 99%. That's going to be not worth taking a photograph of. You just right, educate right. them. You just say, if, if it's saw cut, you might want to rule it out, you know, if you see any twine, fire pit, anything like that. Yeah. It's someone camping out there in the woods. Eventually, some of them, because the, the signs are very important to some of them, they can zone down and they can start. I tend to say to them, choose one area. Instead of running around the country, Choose one area that feels right where you found a bit of structure and just watch it over twelve months. Yeah, get that's what we do here. To be honest with you, yeah, Jr. I yeah. mean, we talked about it the other night. Uh, Jr. Remember when the guy on uh, our site asked, uh, you know, some tips about how to find these things? Mm. Yeah. You and I, you and I responded. Well, go to what you hear is an active area, build yeah. a fire, and make it look like you're camping, because the yeah. second the second you walk in there, they know you're there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're going to come in and check you out. And, you get curious. Yeah, I would imagine yeah. so. Hmm? I mean, you, you don't necessarily need to really chase these things around. No. Yeah. No. And then try not to act like you actually notice a Sasquatch. Or you're actually, like, nonchalantly, like, trying to look for them or anything. Hmm? Just act like exactly. relaxed, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because I say to them, it's not researchers that are seeing them. It's people walking the dog. That's right. Or, or hikers, because they're at the most relaxed. They're in an area that they love being in. And you, I think you kind of tune into nature when you visit it often. Yes. Yes. And you start to notice these subtle... And you think, that wasn't there last week when I come. You're right. And I'll say, guys, somebody got that huge 100-foot trunk up here. Have they done that? You know, when you get things like that, you're thinking... This is madness. Is no an upside down tree where the branches are planted in the ground and the roots are in the yep. And I've got no, that all over the place where I hunt. I see that all the time. Yep. There's no tool marks. There's no tread marks. How's that, how's that happened? You know, things like that. You're thinking, how on God's earth is that 10 foot tree appeared there? <laughs> right, right. So you you know you so you guys go through a lot of it. It's it's very similar. I mm -hmm. I, I truly am I'm surprised. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought we were going to hear a lot of different types of things, but my God, you guys go through the same things we do. I think so. I think we've even tried to get people in who work the woods. So um, one of the members got a guy from Italy to come in because he worked the woods, and he said to him, "Are you finding these kinds of things in Italy?" And he said, "No, we're not. We're not finding these kind of things in Italy." So you've got that, like evidence of absence kind of thing. So if it's not happening in areas where there aren't reports, but it is happening in areas where there are reports, you've got to put right. that in the front pile, haven't you, really? You've got to say, right, well, this guy who works in the woods says, nope, never seen out like that. Nope, no idea what it is. Don't know how it's got there. Not We'd need a machine to do that. You know. Yes. So we've tried that. and We've tried... I Personally, I've gone... Anyone I can think of, foragers, scouts, anyone that would be out there leaving sign and saying, is this what you guys do? Nope. Even geocachers. 
are, you know, are these piles of stones that are piled up on top of each other? Mm -hmm. Is that something you, you guys would do? No, these ring of feathers that you find. Yeah. Pin Pinwheels. I don't know if you guys have seen them where it's lots of different sticks, kind of like a medicine wheel. I see. Yeah. I yeah. We get, I'll send you some images over later. Okay. We get that a lot. And it, I thought, oh, it'll be geocaches. It'll be them. Like, do you get, no, no idea what that is. And really strange, <laughs> because I'm a nerd, I started looking into ancient <laughs> languages. Well, we are too, don't worry. <laughs> if any of the glyphs match ancient language, and they kind of match, there's an old language called Vinca, and it's okay. the oldest written language in Europe. And many of the glyphs that you find in the woods match that Vinca language spot on. But That's nobody, Nobody's ever, ever, no one's ever translated it. So I can, I've got a, a, a picture of it all together, so I'll pop it over to you. Um, so you can have, awesome. you know, have a look at it. Um, and yeah, no, but nobody's ever translated it, so we have no idea what it means. Right, right. <laughs> it's one of those languages no one really, no one speaks anymore. Yeah, yeah. So like no. rune stones and things like that, old British language kind of matches. Right. And then the other thing of interest was that Certain areas have certain, so in one area it'll be all A signs, but maybe yep. 10 or 15 miles away, what you're finding is all Y signs. I don't know if it's the same mm. for you guys. It is, Sean. We, uh, JR, we, we, the three of us, we, we find the X's, we find the A's. It, it's, yeah. uh, it, but like you said, in, di in different areas, yeah, yeah. So maybe you know? that's the clan name that's to recognize, could be. You yep. know, maybe. Could be. That's it. Yeah, this, this is this is our territory. Stay out. Have stay out. Yeah. 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 Warring to another clan or another type, you know, could stay out. Well be, couldn't it? it could mark. I often say to people, don't just take a photograph of the glyph. Stand at the glyph and look around because it might be a sign for something. So like sure. maybe a food source or something like that. Um, so you know, Very well don't could take be. a picture of that. Yeah, don't just take a picture of that glyph. Take a picture of the bushes and try and learn your wild foods. And you <laughs> might be able to say, "Well, this keeps cropping up." Like we find these. I don't know if you guys get them. They kind of silent sticks, and they just pushed into the ground for no reason. But they're always near rhododendron bushes. Huh. And I was in rhododendron bushes when I had me sighting. And it's only after years of research of knowing that if you sit in that bush, it's actually about two degrees warmer than outside. You can see out, but you can't see in. Right. Even, even the snow doesn't get in there because it's so waxy. Oh, wow. Well, maybe they're little blinds for when it's dark and dusk and the deer are coming through. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes sense. It, in a way, it, it does make sense. Uh, do you guys get a lot of the, you know, I've experienced myself where I had our, at my primary research spot, our logging road, mm -hmm. we had left the night before and came back and a tree had been dragged in front of the trail. Yeah. Uh, do you guys get a lot of that? Yeah, definitely block trails. And yep. in the UK, there's um. From the top of the UK to the bottom, there's what's called the bike path. And it's not a tarmac path. It's kind of the run through the edges of cities. So they're very tall, steep embankments. There's no lights on them. And they're just left to rack and ruin. And it's just for people to use the bike without being within the inner city. 
at night, nobody ever, ever goes on them. So I looked up vandalization on the bike paths and I found huge trees that were pulled over them, big boulders mm. that were placed in the middle. In some places we found pig traps, which is a square pit in the ground with spikes within it. Mm -hmm. Wire that was took from one tree to the other across the path, especially in the areas that were out there in the wild. So the farther out you got, the more vandalization we were seeing. That's interesting. So, yeah. It well, is it, that, it, that consistent that they report in the newspaper. So it's definitely happening. That's interesting. And to go back to what you were saying about just taking photos of the of, of the vegetation and, and so mm. forth. Well, we came upon the first log that was in the road. And then mm. after that, there was two more. So after the, you know, we saw the third one, you know, ripped up roots and all. It had been carried from somewhere else. I took some pictures of just the trees. And yep. not until I got home did I see this face. And right. it, I'll send it to you. These guys have seen it. It looks like a baboon. Uh, it kind of looks like the Beast of Seven Shoots picture, which yeah. in that primary, in that research spot of mine, is totally different than what I have seen because what I have seen in that research area was very apish. Yeah. And this was totally different. So right. that, that's still something I'm trying to kind of figure out in my head. Like, what was yeah. that particular one doing there? Or is he is he part of a group that lives close to this other group? It's, you know, it, it seems the more the more questions we answer, the more pop up. Yeah. Yeah, you do, don't you? You have more questions at the end than you did at the absolute beginning. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, as far as the late, the... The spoken, like, uh, the, the chatter, uh, yeah. I mean, personally, I haven't heard a lot of it. Um, I don't know about you, Sean, but JR, I know you have experienced it, um, it where you're at. Now, to you, I don't, we never really talked about this in detail. What is it? Does it sound like a language to you or just jibber-jabber? Uh I think it kind of sounds like a language. Of course, I think it yeah. sounds like Native American, you know. But yeah. I can't, I can't ever make it out. It's like, it's like you hear words or you hear phrases or something like that, but you just don't actually know what the hell they're saying. <laughs> right, right. And it's, it's, it, of course, it's really deep, but it's like, did I actually hear that? And in some yeah. days, you know, I actually go out there and I'm like, did I hear that? You know, and I, I'm mm -hmm. like, just, you know, what is it? You know, like. I have no idea what they are saying, but I have no idea what their language is. Some people believe that it is like Native American, but I don't think so. I, th I think I, I don't either. I like I, like I was saying, I think it's I think I personally what I've seen in my past is is an animal. Uh, but I do think they I, I do think they have a way of verbally communicating, um, hmm. you know. Just it's just theory, of course. It, there's it's all it's my speculation, of course. You know that's all we can yeah. do at this point is speculate. Only great apes communicate. They right. Absolutely. Yeah, that they understand with each other, and they can communicate with us. They can be taught sign language. Yeah. So a lot of what they call paralinguistics, which is around language, like your facial expressions, yes. your hand gestures, your body stance. That's a language in itself, and then it's a language put, in itself. Yeah. Yeah. If you can put sounds and words into that, that means something. Even yeah. something as simple as a meerkat 
has a noise that means get in that bunker now. And every other meerkat knows it, but they've never sat down and learned a language. So I do think right. that there's communication. There Absolutely. Are in the UK, that, that chattering. And there are also reports of mimicking. Oh my yeah. God, don't even get me started. Don't even get us started on that. We get yeah. so much of that here, Debbie. It's unbelievable. Probably I mean, mimicking owls, mimicking. Yes. Yeah. Especially owls, yeah. coyotes. Yeah. Uh, oh God, you got me going now. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the mimicking. It, yeah, oh yeah. So I, I'm. It's at least I know we're not nuts over here. You guys get it too. <laughs> I think it's to confuse you. To, I, to get I, I you do in a way Balancing too. a little bit confused, and you think, oh, because nine times out of ten, a human, the default setting is just to remove yourself from the area. You right. know, if something screams at you or howls at you, you're gonna run. You're gonna get out of there. Even it's an uneasy feeling. Places, yeah. What they say, like, yeah, like, oh, it's haunted. Why is it haunted? Well, we heard screams in there. We heard, we have places in England that are haunted because people have heard whoops in there. Now, ghosts mm. don't whoop. No, ghosts don't whoop. Don't go that, in that ward. If you go in that ward, you know, you'll hear whoops and it's the whooping ghost and you think that I'm going straight to that ward. That's where I need to go. If we're right, here, exactly. Is there a river sauce near it, you know? Definitely. Right. Ghost of a monkey. Yeah, it, yeah. Nottingham yeah. Forest. You guys will have heard of Nottingham Forest. Yeah, absolutely. Chattering yeah. and whooping in Nottingham Forest. Also, a fantastic cave system in Nottingham Forest that runs for hundreds of miles. So, not surprised that we've got a lot of sighting reports in the Forest of Sherwood. There's one road yeah. that runs right through the middle of it, and most of the accounts are along that right road. through the right through the middle of, Sher of Sherwood. You were saying? Yeah, Sherwood used to be much much bigger. 10 times what it is now okay. um, but it's still a large forested area and this one road is always the old Roman road and now it's a, a modern road and it runs right through the middle of it Right. and most of the reports are from people travelling on that road and that's the same as in the US, I know that for certain that a lot of these, as we were talking before, these road crossing accounts, it's people yes. in the car that are driving, seeing the face and as they see in the face, obviously they're turning to look at it and then they've got to look back at the road again, so they get these five-second yep. views of this, this thing crossing. Um, yeah, you know, so I think it's whatever's happening in the U.S. is also happening in the U.K. And it, definitely it's definitely, in Russia. De yeah. Oh, without a doubt in Russia. It's, de it's de the three, like the three, you know, U.S., Russia, mm -hmm. Great Britain, it's it, very similar type behaviors with these things. Yeah, and the, Alm the Almas in, in Russia fit very well with our ancient man reports that come in. You know, when I said it, oh, it looks like an ancient man. When you yes. describe a Russian Almaster, very similar, like Zana, the, the old tale of the one yes. that was captured. You get this, it looked like a Neanderthal, a hairy ape like Neanderthal thing. So I think we'll find, as time goes on, that there aren't many countries that they're not reports in because there's even reports of them in Japan and that's a tiny little Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of some in Japan, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I forget the name of it, but it gets, they call it, the name of it begins with an H, I think. Uh, yeah. think of it off the top of my head, but I have heard of reports in Japan. And to yeah, add to your Almasi comment, uh, that kind of goes along with our Type 4. Right. You know, uh, wouldn't you guys agree? Like the Almasi, uh, more human-like 
looking. Yeah. I mean, it's more of like our type, like what we would refer to as a type four. Right. Um, very more proportionally built like a human. They don't get quite as big as the others. Um, mm. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 that, but it, it's very, it's similar. It's, it, it fits. It really does. You just need, even in Africa, you, I was talking to a lady last month, and she said, "There's no, you don't really hear of cryptids really in, in Africa." And she said, "When we grew up, the, the, what we call the black apes that would drop from trees onto other animals to hunt them, we just we didn't have a word for them. But I didn't realize until yeah. later on that the rest of the world didn't recognize them. Now she said they weren't apes." They were like human apes and they were very dark in colour and they would drop from the trees and do that typical hand under the chin that we spoke about, yep. pulling the neck back. Yep. So she was one of the first witnesses that I'd spoken to in Africa. And I'm sure that there'll be more. There'll be more of them coming out because you just, I think you just have to put one out and then once one's brave enough to be the first one to say, well, actually, I've seen it too. Right, yeah. right. It makes it easier for the next one to come along. It makes it, it easier yeah. for the next person. And, mm. and, and it feels better once you get it out. It really is exciting, yeah. too, that people don't realize that you get the Mapinguare. Um, yeah. You know, they're all, they're, they're, they're all over. I mean, let's face it, 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 just about every continent in the world, you, you hear of these types of, these types of things. Mm. And uh, mm -hmm. I, people just... Uh, I think people need to be a little more open-minded. I mean, people don't realize that if an intelligent creature like this wants to stay hidden from a human, they're going to yeah. do it. They're elusive. Yeah. And, and elusive. You know, it's life or death to them, isn't it? It is. A, if they show themselves to the wrong person, then that's, that's right. their existence in that area. Sometimes I worry about that when people say to me, oh, you know, I want to find an area. And I think, what if I send them there? And it, it kind of moves them on. You know, because you've never had people yeah. going in that area before. Like, you know, that kind of thing. That's one of my moral dilemmas, I think. With the right, because we all have a moral dilemma with it. Don't yes, we? absolutely. I, I, we've, I've got one myself. I, I won't get into it now, but no. well, that's mine. I just think, what if I send them into an people into an area? Right, kind of right. Move them on, kind of thing. So I just think, yeah. Be really respectful when you're out there. You know, yeah, absolutely, and be very. You got to be weary, weary, respectful. Yeah, uh, you know. Beautiful. So I well, I'm glad to hear you guys are having a lot of the same things going on that we are. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know I unfortunately we're kind of running out of the time, Debbie. But I yeah. would you be willing to come back on for a part two at some point? Yeah, of course. I'm not a problem. I don't mind at all. That yeah. would be awesome because I know there's so much more I want to ask you. Um, oh yeah, me too. I've got. I know I've these guys are questions. thinking the same thing I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, do, I don't mind, Jeremiah. Yeah, just just message me again, and I, and I, I will. I will do. I've uh, I've worked with these two long enough. I know they're thinking the same exact thing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would definitely love to have you back on for part two, for sure. Yeah. If you're, if you're willing to do it, this has been one of the. This has been a really great experience. Good. Interview. Yes, it has. Oh, yes, thank it you. Has. That's we, that, I would. Obviously, I'm from the UK, and I was worried. I was thinking, oh, they're going to think I'm completely cooking. <laughs> nope, not not this group, not this group, Debbie, not us three, <laughs> especially us three. <laughs> it's nice to talk to like-minded people, isn't it? People who, it you is. know, the same it is. kind of thing, yeah. Mm. And it's it not too bad, it's only half past 11, it's about 11.30 for me now. Yeah, and that's right, I forgot about the time difference, so I'm going to 
we're gonna let you get uh get some rest here, Debbie. But we really appreciate it. We really do. And uh, you know, we really like I said, maybe um, I th- I know we're booked up for next. We're booked up for the next couple of weeks, but we'll figure out a time when we can get you back on. Not a problem. I'll see you guys next time then. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, do you have any uh, before we get going? Do you have any uh, words of uh, wisdom for anyone new to this field? Um, trust your gut. That's the first thing I tell everybody. Trust your gut. Listen to what everybody's got to say, and then make your own mind up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Very sound advice. Very good. You know, just follow. Yeah, just follow your gut. So, same with you, Jr. Same, same, same words of wisdom. Absolutely. Just trust your gut feeling. Uh, be safe out there. Uh, be informed, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's the main thing. Don't go into it stupid. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And uh, Debbie, how can people, uh, uh, for all the listeners out there, if they've had an experience in, in Great Britain, how can, they, how can they get in touch if you don't mind? Um, my name's quite unusual. My last name is Hat and then okay. Swell. As if like it had swollen the hat that was on your head. <laughs> okay. So just I'm I'm all over Google. If you look for Debbie Hatswell, you'll either find okay. me on YouTube or you'll okay. find me Facebook. Um, Great. Or they can get in touch with you, Jeremiah, and just send them across, and then I'll now um, listen to them. I'll, I'll like I say I'll have a chat with a few guys that I know that would really want to come on as well and share their awesome. Encounters. That would that would be that would be excellent. That would be that would yeah. be great. Well, we, we yeah. would really, yeah, it, to, it'd be really nice to really start uh, doing some uh, some work with you guys. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah. We appreciate it. Um, but, uh, Sean, uh, what, are, what are your last words of this? This is kind of a little ritual before we end the show, <laughs> just in case you're wondering. Oh, uh, same, same as always, just uh, be prepared to see the unexplainable and, and try not to go alone and, and – Take a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it's, yeah, we, uh, you know how, you know how we are here in the U.S., Debbie. We, uh, we're, we're, we're a gun country and I, you know, yeah, I would cowboys. never, I would never put one of, the, I would never shoot one of these things unless my life was in absolute danger because I, I truly believe if you point a gun at one of these things, you're in deep trouble. Well, I, I was going to say, anybody... make sure you save the last bullet for yourself. Because <laughs> I, you are... I, I, listen, I agree, Sean, and that's a horrible thing to say, but I, I tell you what, I do not want one of these things grabbing onto me. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not promoting killing an animal or going me after neither. it. But, no, but I'm, I'm just saying, if, if you're attacked, you're going to want to have some sort of a fighting chance. That's right. And if That's you go, right. especially if you go alone, I think if you go in pairs, you're much you're okay. less likely to have yeah. any kind of confrontation. That's right. That's right. I, I agree. You know, I know it's a horrible thing to say, but I, I agree. Yeah, I, think with you. Was, I think he was only kidding. But honestly, until that person stood in your position with that thing running at them, they don't get to judge you. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I, I listen. I totally agree with him. I I, I would never <laughs> shoot at one of these things unless unless my life was in danger. But I tell you what, I would not want one grabbing on to me, and that's for sure. I consider myself to be a pretty rugged individual, but I tell you what, <laughs> no, uh, an average man isn't going to stand a chance, <laughs> and that's, that's for sure. Yeah, but, you are a manly man, that's for sure. Well, I appreciate that, compadre, I do. <laughs> but, uh, Sean, how can people get a hold of you, sir? 
Uh, you can reach me at NebraskaJRG at gmail.com. You can hit me okay. up on Facebook. I'm in the, uh, the JRG group, and uh, I'm forgetting um, the name uh, of our other group. On the trail. <laughs> on the trail. I'm on, on the trail. Um, just find me there, and I'd be happy to talk to anybody about anything. Okay. Thank you, Sean. And Mr. Kitchen? Yes, sir. Holly, what is your contact info, sir? Mine is jrgsoutheast.dirjk at aol.com. Please Great. contact me in the southeast for all of your Sasquatch needs. And just to uh, remind y'all, JR and I are down here in North Carolina together, so we, uh, if you have a problem with these things, we do have ways of getting them off your property. Uh, we were more than willing to answer any questions. We're here to help people and educate, and I believe, Debbie, you do this for the same purpose as we yeah. do, just to help and educate and you know, get the yeah. truth out there. Most definitely. Definitely. But uh, in the, uh, my information, you can get a hold of me at either one of my emails um, on the trail.jf at gmail.com or jrg.executive.dirjf at gmail.com. Um, anyone that's uh, interested in coming on and telling their story, get a hold of myself, Sean, or JR, and we will uh, we will hook you up. Or even if you have any questions, we're more than willing to answer any questions anyone may have. And uh, Debbie, once again, thank you so much. Absolutely. No, you're very Thanks welcome. I really, I, re I really enjoyed it. It was lovely. I, I did too. It was a great discussion. We you taught us a lot about what you guys got, what you had going on over there. It was very enlightening. Thank you. Good night. Good night, and uh, we will. Uh, night, I will Debbie. get at you uh, about coming back on, and I'll send you some photos. Yeah. Well, okie dokie. Good night, guys. Okay. Good night, Debbie. Have a good evening, ma'am. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.